There is one magical, haunted evening each year when all the scary creatures come out to prowl through every neighborhood. But here's the scariest monster of all. Trick or treat! Well, guys, we are here. We've made it. It is time for Halloween. You see our style. Hi. Say hi, folks that are here with me. Hi, folks that are here with me. Vera's getting her ceramic pumpkin in order. You can't really see much. Mine's there. He's just smiling behind me. He's smiling behind me. So last year it was only Vera, Jeff, and I. We had a little, we we just did a little silly show together. And I thought, look, that was a lot of fun. We we heard some ghost stories. So today we're going to share a couple of little stories with you. Um, I've got this bunch of people. And later on in the show, you'll see another bunch of people come and join me. We've also got some listener submissions or viewer submissions, which are really, really cool. We're going to have a couple of them. So we're going to get straight into it. Who wants to go first today, guys, with something creepy? Vera, I think it should be you because you, you had the you had the goods last time with the moving trains and the bloody opening windows and all this kind of thing. I good ghost stories last time. Oh, there's you've got something else. Come on, Vera. It's all you. Go for it. Um, there was a time when I was a teenager. My mom had picked me up at a drama club rehearsal, and we were driving down Lake Ave, and we both saw a gentleman step off the curb in front of the car. She slammed on the brakes, and we both went, and nobody was there. Ghost um, folks. Yeah, and, and Ghost. we both saw him, and we both saw that nobody was there when the car didn't stop. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it was very creepy, and the two of us were like, "Did you see that? Yeah. Why isn't he there? Where did he go? Did we hit him? Is he under the car?" And we kept asking, "No." See, that'd be the him. worst feeling. I've had that happen once. Um, there's an old cemetery, like a really old cemetery near my friend's place, and obviously. You know, big rumors are that it's haunted. And my my dad used to go out there when he was like a teenager. And that's where they used to go drink because, you know, that's what you did in the 70s. One does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the 70s, you just <laughs> hang out in the graveyard. Um, but yeah, there's all these rumors of the, of the cemetery being cemetery. haunted. But um, oh, yeah, I was driving home one night and I swear I saw someone on the bridge. And I, I, I was like, wait, no way. So, like, literally stopped the car in the middle of the road because there was no one around it was like 2 30 3 a.m in the morning and i stood up and got like did the stupid <laughs> horror movie thing got out the car and was like there is literally no one there and it looked as real as anyone so it was just like oh okay interesting a, a, a bend in route 20 is between auburn and uh, seneca falls they call it dead man's curve and it's said that on very dark nights people have seen a bride walking down the street and when they stop to help her there's no one there why is it always a bride i have no idea like what kind of what kind of <laughs> shitty weddings do people bitter. go to that they're on the side of the road well you've got you've actually got like a story story katie I is it a dead man's bend kind of thing the, the 13 curves is that what you were talking about vera Oh, okay. No, Katie's got no. Katie's got a good one. Katie's got okay. a good one. Do you want to actually? You can tell us right now, Katie. Oh, all right. Let's go. So let's go. 
the locals may know about this. There is some discrepancy as to when it happened. Some say it was in the 60s. Some say it was in the 30s. But either way, the same story goes that a couple was uh, driving down what is notoriously known as 13 Curves here in uh, central New York on their wedding night. And they got into a horrific car accident and the bride was killed. I think the groom was killed too. Maybe he made it out alive. But either way, horrific accident. Bride is dead. So now, every night uh, or every year on Halloween, some people will drive down on uh, 13 Curves and go looking for the bride. And some who have seen her say that she appears in the backseat of the car. Some have said she's next to them. Some say she's right in front of the car so that you have to swerve to get into a car accident yourself. I've heard different variations of this story, and some of them just make the bride sound like she's pretty uh, vindictive. <laughs> I've it's never funny, been... though. Because... Because that kind of urban legend of that hitchhiker getting in the back of the car is everywhere. It's here as well. Anna and Renata just not long ago did an, an investigation on a fairly um, notorious stretch of road that actually has um, real life like documentation of two sisters being murdered nearby. And um, it says that, yeah, that they you pick up a hitchhiker and she disappears in your back seat. Ooh. I mean, wow. last year, yeah. my, my spooky story was uh, coming in contact with COVID when I investigated <laughs> a haunted bar. Yeah, we sent, <laughs> we, sent, we sent Katie into the fields and she came back with a potential COVID case. But you know what? She got a swab. She was all good. That's what the things we do for you, CR, hey? Everything was fine. I was negative and uh, the bartender recovered. But man, that was quite the surprise afterwards. Like, else? Good. And you know, it just kind of proves masks work. Nothing scary about that. <laughs> yeah, especially with Michael Myers. They work. They work. They work. All right. Um, I'm going to give you guys one of our listener submissions to start with. Now, this one's a long one, but stick with me because you're going to be going, what the hell? Okay. This one comes from Ted. While I cannot see or feel ghosts or supernatural entities myself, they seem to be all around me quite a bit. Apparently, either in my apartment or my apartment building, there's a portal which the dead can use to travel around. As a result, I'm constantly being attacked by demonic entities. All they really do is scratch you out of petty hatred. Sometimes I feel a sudden sharp pain out of nowhere and go to check on it and there's three scratches on my body for no reason. Uh, the scratches get worse uh, worse looking over the next few days uh, to, before they start to heal. It's always three scratches, which they use to mock the Holy Trinity. And he sent me a couple of pictures, but this is the... Oh, my God. This is wow. the, yeah. Shit, that's wild. I, so, I'm thinking somebody's an undiagnosed schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, that's I what I was... Hold up. I'm angry and so am I. I just saw that on that Zach Baggins show, that Ghost Adventures or whatever it's called. Like, yeah. uh, he he went yeah. and investigated something, and they scratched the shit out of him. It just sounded like an episode wild. of Charmed. It's very, it's very, um, I mean, common. Let's just say, in cases that people people claim there's demonic hauntings that they get scratched, and 
it's not something that you can easily prove or disprove because unless you're with someone 24 hours a day monitoring everything they do, you can't go, oh, well, you're causing those scratches yourself. You've bumped into something. You've got a cat. There's a bush nearby. But I think that that... Bed bugs. <laughs> yeah, bed bugs. You never know in this modern world. Oh, um, that would be the true horror story. It is, yeah, right. <laughs> that is the American yeah, horror right. story, that one. <laughs> that is the American horror bugs? story. Oh, no. But if you thought demons weren't, um, weren't, you know, bad enough, we've got some more happening. So this is the second part of the story. (laughs) Yes. To add a little more, I have a friend who can astral project and he's the one who let me know about the entities around me. The first time he projected here, he found a demon and ran it out, but they or another one replaced it because of the portal of their, uh, and their random time traveling. Not creepy, but similar, similarly, oh God, I can't speak today. Similarly, supernatural theme. Because my astral projection friend lives so far away, I invited him to project here on Christmas if he wished to. This was the year my dad had died. He did project at some point and told me I was watching something he wouldn't have known unless, you know, he was actually here. Told me my dad was here, as well as the actress, Veronica Lazar, uh, Major Tenenbaum from... Dario Gento's Inferno. My oh. friend also has identified my dad being there on trips I've taken to visit them. So take that for what you will. Now, I don't know if anyone's seen Inferno. It's a bit of a, you know, bit of an out there movie. This is um <laughs> who's there. Ooh. That's uh looks like Joe Crawford. It's a, <laughs> a random kind of visitor. It looks like the headmistress well, at the schizophrenia clinic. And that's what Jeff is talking about. <laughs> Very nurse ratchet, but again, Good um, nurse ratchet in those in those, you know, de- in those demonic hauntings things, you do hear about it a lot of a lot of times that there are um spirits or entities that can appear as something else or someone else or you know mimic a voice or mimic someone's look or i've heard i've heard someone get a phone call from someone that you know was no longer here and like stuff like that does happen so you gotta like as much as a skeptic as i am sometimes you gotta go okay something's going on there so very interesting. I enjoyed that one. I thought I was like oh demons demons on the first day out I, I feel lucky most of the ghost hunting shows don't get demons until season two. This fool. We got it on our second episode. <laughs> we got oh, it after ghost hunting. Ghost I just want to see his reaction. I think that demonic ghosts no. are the, the exception, not the rule. Yeah, it's very rare. Like as as Anna Renata will tell you, ghosts in general are pretty rare. <laughs> like for it to be something that is, you know intelligent and interacting and wishes you malice and all that kind of thing not everything is paranormal activity there's new paranormal activity dropping like in two days or by the time this drops two days ago so (laughs) if you like paranormal activity and amish people that looks like what it's going to be who doesn't who doesn't pray that away well obviously not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they can use their, they can use their butter churns and churn their, churn up a you know Jesus. <laughs> if we learn, look, pray it away. If we learn anything from, if we learn anything from Midnight Mass, 
and Carrie. Religion is the evil, right? Love <laughs> is a mystery. Oh, God, it's Jeff's gone full Madonna. <laughs> Jeff's gone full Madonna. Right. We're going to go to the new blood because Dylan Cody, I'm sure you have something to tell us. You got something spooky, um, right? Yeah, so I have I have two good ones. I'm going to go with this first one, though, because honestly, it's still Oh, my God, God, did you just move? <laughs> Probably. There's a draft. There's a draft in the house. Fill <laughs> it up, brother. Um, so, so this was this is the long time ago. So I was 13 years old. Uh, my dad had just passed away, and after the funeral and everything, we came back we, uh, back to the house. And so my bedroom was situated. Didn't really have a door. It was just a wide opening. And my bed was positioned in the far corner of the room where like a clear view of my mom's room across the hallway. And for a couple of nights, I had noticed that there was a figure standing in her doorway. And at first I was like, oh, it's probably just like darkness, whatever. I don't have my glasses on. But on the after after like a week of seeing it, I, I kind of got nervous because... It was too in view to look like a like there was just nothing but air there. So I got up and walked over to it. Mind you, I didn't put my glasses on. I just walked over and I maybe got about two feet and I stopped moving because there was something standing in my mother's doorway. And so ah. out of fear, I ran back into my room, went to sleep. Next day, walked over into the space that it was standing, and obviously there's nothing there. Um, went to school, came back that, that night, and it's still there. It's the same figure. It's in, like, a white sweatshirt with gray sweatpants on. Oh. And I finally just got sick of seeing it. I walk over, and as I, I put my hand through it, I couldn't go any further. My hand stopped. Oh. Don't know why. My oh. hand stopped. Girl. Um, and 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 then I had, I I back I backed away slowly and had noticed something I didn't notice the first few times I wasn't close enough to it. That was my dad's sweatshirt. I know oh. that sweatshirt anywhere. I would know that sweatshirt now if I saw it. And the sweatpants were the same sweatpants that he was in the last time I had ever seen him before he passed away. I wow. stood there for about 10 minutes. I stood there for about 10 minutes just staring at this figure. It didn't look at me. It was just looking into my mother's room. I went back to bed, woke up the next day. I talked to my mom about it. And nope. she thought I was just going through post-traumatic stress or whatnot but next night figure is still there still there clear as day and as i get up again to walk over to it i swear his head turned oh and i couldn't see his face but he looked but it was looking at me <laughs> and so it wasn't like a, a, a look of like, like I wasn't afraid or anything, but I could then, and this is where it gets really creepy. 
I could smell my dad's cologne. Oh, wow. Just in a soft, slight lingering of it. Now, mm-hmm. as I've gone through the years, I haven't, I wasn't sure if whether it was just, you know, me just mess, my mind just messing with me, the melatonin in my brain, the trauma of my brain of desiring to have my father back. But I, I just decided I'm going to speak to it. And all I asked him was, and I, and I, it hurts me to say it, but will you go away? Cause I'm, I'm scared. And then I went to, I went to bed and woke up the next day, came back from school and everything, went to bed that night and the figure wasn't there. It, and I know it wasn't there because I did not see any outline or nothing. And ever since that night, nope. I have been fully convinced that my my dad was watching over us for at least two to three weeks. I, maybe out of fear. I don't know what it was. But I, I to this day, believe that my father was standing in that doorway just watching over my mother. I, I don't think it was there. It was it wasn't there to harm or nothing. But I have I, I I relived that night so much in my head of of the fact that I spoke to it and it looked over at me, That's and wild. that is that is one of the most. It's not haunting, but it, to this day, it, it 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 literally almost affirmed my belief in the fact that there is an ability for the soul to remain on Earth in some way and it, it it's it's always freaked me out ever since and i, I have another story too but i'll let you go steve Ooh, and see we'll come back to that that's so yeah that's great that's that's wild right it is a wild <laughs> one i like like but you do you do hear about that a lot like i know that um when especially when you're when you're when you're a child i mean i think we all when we were little remember and i i distinctly remember i always used to see things like standing at the at the back at like the the end of my bed or like peeking around corners and stuff like that i don't know whether that was just the house that i grew up in or the the fact that my family might have a couple of you know (laughs) spirits that are hanging around um did i my grandpa go ahead i'm sorry yeah, no, my grandmother's house um, was notoriously, like, cold. cold. Cold, like, it could be the hottest summer day in the world and you would go into that house and it would be, co- A, cold and B, quiet. And I remember, I think I, I told us, I told this last time we were here, um, it's only a really small house. Um, and so, like, when you're in the bathroom, in the bath, you can actually see the hallway and two doorways. And I remember, I remember being little and seeing like walking past the doorways or sticking like, and I'd be like, "Ooh, scary, <laughs> scary stuff." But um, yeah, it's just little kids and old people, like old people, especially when um, my grandmother was towards the end, she had um dementia and Alzheimer's, and she kept talking about the baby. She could hear the baby crying and like would point in the corner of the room at the hospital she was in and talk and talk about this baby and who's who owns the baby and we're all just like, Yeah, sure, no worries. But it's just like, oh it I just wonder if maybe it's a shift in perception or reality or your brain that's going, 
like the chemicals in your brain that are a either making you see something or b allowing you to see something because you're losing or you don't have some sort of like you know social construct of what you should see what you shouldn't see all that kind of stuff Vera, you want to get, she's got something else to say. No, I, I've got a lot to say. I always have stuff to say. <laughs> I love it. Um, speaking of uh, young children, um, I really firmly believe that young children are so much more open to this and then we program it out of them. And as people age, they lose that, like you said, social construct. So they're more open again. But my, um, one of my best friends bought a house and uh, her daughter was four or five at the time. And her daughter kept saying, nope, mommy, Mrs. Lesh does not like the color you're painting the kitchen. Mrs. Lesh does like the wallpaper in the dining room. Mrs. Lesh says I should sleep in this bedroom, you know, and, uh, and Kathy was just like, she's got herself an imaginary friend. She's talking to this imaginary friend. You know, the change from moving from one house to another is probably a little upsetting. And then one day Kathy was painting the porch. <clears throat> And this gentleman came up and he said, hi, I grew up in this house. Um, my mother died here. My name is William Lesh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Oh, work. Yes. You know, now that I'm thinking about no, it. Last, um, oh. Last night I was uh, rocking Arlo to sleep and he was looking at the wall and he was going, hi. And I thought he was looking at a shadow and now I'm, now I'm kind of concerned. <laughs> my friend's brother died many 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 years ago now like like 15 years ago and when they had their when she had her first son he kept saying that he was like when he was you know when they're that like three-year-old they they're, they're kind of talking but they're kind of like not and he, he was he kept saying he was talking to his uncle Nate, insert name there and would point at him around the room and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, okay, that's a bit how you're going. But kids kids seem to know these things. And it's like, oh. I think Yeah, I mean Alyssa was not afraid of it. She it wasn't intimidating or she, the ghost wasn't angry in any way, shape, or form, but she was clearly having conversations with Mrs. Lush. Well, let me ask you guys something. Do you ever sit well obviously you sit in a room? And maybe it's summer, maybe it's winter and the heat's on. But then all of a sudden, you just get this, like, cold just go by you or over you, and then it's gone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But my house is 130 years old, and we have, like, 30-mile-an-hour breezes that switch everywhere when the wind blows. <laughs> well, it, just, like, I swear to God, it happens once in a while. Just, like, like, we'll have the pellet stove on, and it's really warm in the house. And then all of a sudden, cold chill. And then it's hot again. And and maybe that's my experience, but I have an old house know. too, but yeah, it could be know. someone just dropping past to say hi, Katie. Yes. Hi. Can you do it a yeah. little less intimidating? It could be anything. Could but Jeffrey, a you a little less chilly, thank you. Jeffrey, Jeffrey buries the lead every all the time. Because you have said on many occasions that you think you grew up in a haunted house. Yeah, but it wasn't exciting. Like, I'm telling you, the scariest thing that's ever happened to me was when my Target card got taken away in my divorce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, that God, was fucking no. horrific. <laughs> I lost my 5% discount, and then I realized I couldn't afford the nanny and housekeeper. That shit's a horror story. You know what I'm saying? I'm traumatized. I'm scared. 
<laughs> the ghost, he was fine. He was normal. He just, you know, he liked to hang out by the front door. And you would walk by the hallway and you'd see somebody standing there and then nobody would be there. And you would go down in the basement and you'd hear somebody running down the hallway to get to the basement door and nobody was home. So, I mean, it was. See, that's of, too much. Was, if I was, was if I knew I was by myself in that house and I heard someone running towards the basement door Whoa, the where shitty... I was, I would have feces everywhere and no, several my, weapons. My parents were geniuses. <laughs> I'd be no. pissing myself. So there was, there was like a latch lock for the basement door up high, but it was on the outside. So you could easily <laughs> get locked in the basement. So you'd hear somebody going towards the basement stairs knowing nobody would be home. And you were, you know, not touching the stairs to get up them. And then you realize that it no. was just no. No. whatever, you know. And it happened. It, not just it, everybody that has stayed in my house as a kid. Like, it's happened to them. They would see somebody standing in the hallway. But it, that's it. That's all it was. You know what I mean? So that's it all it was. It wasn't really anything. To, it was normal. So when that stuff happens, it doesn't. No. I'm just, you know, I'm more freaked out. I'm the bitch that was watching the Halloween trail around the porch. And like, <laughs> I got, I, 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 uh, a bug made a noise and I started screaming like I was being shanked. You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm so dead I'm in the woods and nobody can hear this. This is so embarrassing. Like, it scared the shit out of me. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of haunting stories, but that was, I mean, at my aunt's house, I had some things sit on me on the couch and it was like I'm either having a heart attack at like 12 or somebody took a seat. Sit on you. <laughs> Can you elaborate on sit on you? And where were so, they sitting? I was on the couch sleeping downstairs in my aunt's house in her living room mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it felt I could like I woke up feeling like somebody was sitting on my chest and I couldn't move for a, a few minutes and then finally whatever happened, you know, I unfro and I fucking flew up those stairs and leaped from the doorway on top of the bitch because I was traumatized. That's a, a nice sleep paralysis. Uh, yeah, oh, that's, that's right. what I was going for. That's what they say on uh, sleep paralysis is. Well, like I've had night terrors my whole life of like crazy like I was terrified of Freddy Krueger and Jason. It wasn't until I was like 10 that I finally had the balls uh, to watch it because I had such bad nightmares that were crazy. Well, like if you if you look at these like uh, like dream books or sleep books, you'll see that back in the day when uh, you have like a bout of sleep paralysis, they used to think a demon was sitting on you. It's well, cool. It's or cool. a succubus or an incubus. Surprise! If, if a demon attached to me and hasn't left yet. <laughs> But it depends on the like credit score, him, right, Jeffrey? I, I would like to put him on notice now. He's gonna need to start paying rent. <laughs> <laughs> rent. David has a good credit store. You can stay, Jeffrey, right? Jeffrey Mama's got to like, but like, excuse me, when you were alive, what was your social security number? Because we're gonna apply for an Amex. <laughs> maybe that's what the maybe that's the bones in your backyard, Jeffrey. Ooh. The bones, the bones. Listen, the whole yard. I mean, unless they're talking about my backyard in Auburn, we had the whole yard dug up by a, a, a you know, machine here. I don't right, find so no bones. We should, we should reference, sorry, um, way back 12 months ago now, actually, when Anne and Renata were first on our show, Jeffrey was in Missouri sitting on the back porch and we were all having a jokey, jokey, fun, fun time until, <laughs> until Renata goes, yes, there's someone behind you, Jeffrey. And we're all <laughs> looking at it. And then she goes, 
He wants you to go find the bones. <laughs> Girl, like, how great. I hadn't had sex in three years, but the ghost trying to give me some dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's trying to give you a bone. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And then, and then there was like noises and stuff. Jeffrey was Jeffrey was on the show, and you see him taking his earbuds out, looking around. It was great. You want to go back? Well, go back and watch usually, our very first Edinburgh special. I, either it's driving me nuts because somebody's really loud in my ear, or it's because I'm hearing shit, and I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> no, you were hearing shit that day. It I'm was, always was... hearing shit, especially here. Like, I get freaked out. Like, I'm telling you, I was actually scared for the first like. Well, the trailer of Halloween Kills, and then Halloween Kills itself, <laughs> and I was like, "Kill them all, motherfucker! Get them all!" It was fun. Your house in Auburn backs up on the cemetery, doesn't it? Uh, no, backs up to Westminster. But the house when I was on Bellevue backed up to the yeah. cemetery, and then so my father comes to see that house for the first time. We're out in the backyard, and it was it. It's that one. Uh, if you were coming on. Fort Street or whatever where the entrance is for Fort Hill. Yeah. There's like a house there now that mm. I think is like an ARC house or something for the mentally challenged. Yeah. So what yeah. used to be there before with a bunch of garages was my grandfather where he killed himself in the garage. Uh, so my father were in the backyard. He's like, oh, that's where your grandfather killed himself. It was right down the hill. I'm like, oh, great. The bisexual cheating grandfather who's got all, all these that kids died in the backyard. So fun. Yay. And then when Tell you me. were on Depot Road, you got all that uh, woods in your backyard. Who knows what the fuck happened back there? Oh, and th no, the thing that was crazy about that house is I'm sure there's pictures on Facebook somewhere, is you'd go out and there was all these trails and there was all these stone walls that were, you know, forever old. And you're following the one and then you get to a place and it's all doll heads. No. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, no. Ow. 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 No. Bye. Bye. I'm talking old doll heads where the eyes moved in the head. No. Like, no. They'd be like, oh, no. no. they had been I'm there. Good. For, I'm good. I'm fucking good. You know I'm, I'm so glad you never made me go out there. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my know, God. Right? Everybody freaked out. Nobody liked Everybody got a weird vibe when we went out there. Because, you know what I mean? You just see like half a doll head with like the eyes still moving in it. Mm -mm. It was. No. 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 Mm -mm. I seen. I've seen how this movie ends. It doesn't end well. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Well, that's an X-Files episode. I ain't trying to watch that. I don't, isn't there, I don't, isn't there, Karen, you're the one that's in trouble, man. Isn't there, <laughs> isn't there a ghost story about Parsons Road, which is just down the road from your house on Depot? Isn't that where the yes, there is. Yeah, there yeah, is. But there was a, there was a, a urban legend kind of ghost story about a couple making out on Parsons Road. And somebody had escaped from prison. And they know. were I... killed out on Parsons Road. Is, am I remembering that correctly? Did they have a hook yeah, for it... a hand? My mom was the, not the... big into this. The neighbors like, talked about a letter H man, and that was it. The H man Ooh. was on the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the H man? The letter H man? It, the, it was yeah. a kid who got caught in a burning building, and his family was very rich, so they'd put steel bars on the doors to keep uh, burglars out in the off season. The lake house was just their summer home. And the kid got was pressing against the bars and it burned the H into his chest. And people still say that they saw him for years. I haven't heard an H man story in a long time. <laughs> no, my little, my brothers were under 10. All the neighborhood kids were under 10, at least. 
And the neighbor was telling them all these stories about this letter H man. Her sister was there, was told a little title. And <laughs> Marie comes out from like the fucking basement. She whips open the door. You know, it's one of the like Dorothy ones. Yeah. Outside, flips it open and comes running out with this mask and like a tiki torch lit. And then she's got the white t-shirt on and she's got the bloody H and catch. You ain't never seen so many kids run in so many different directions in your life. <laughs> they were fucking gone. I just, I can still see my brother always ran on his tiptoes and he just was booking ass across all the backyards to try to get home. It's amazing. Yeah, I can see Marie doing that. I can. Did you guys, um, did you guys ever see slash hear about the movie, the documentary, documentary Cropsy? Yes. Yes. That's a great yeah. documentary. Forever That's a ago. great documentary. Oh, it was, yeah, it was in so 2006. Uh, 2009. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, was, I was fucking through most of that, but that's okay. I saw it, though. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. It, it's about it's about an urban legend about a, like, a, a killer in a mental institution that actually turned out to be somewhat real. Like, So those urban legends sometimes do have like a, a sliver of truth to them, which right. is which I, I always find super interesting. When it's a true story that morphs into something else, it's I just mean, like Dylan. Yeah. I have a million questions. A million. <laughs> yeah. Who sets the mood? I got another good one. That's that first well, one. This, I got a good. That one was for my first question: this. was how do you set the mood with something like that? Two, how do you keep it up? And three, <laughs> was it a good finish? <laughs> well, well, I, can't, I, can't I mean, Dylan, but listen, I listen. If I didn't like the video, I initiated sex. <laughs> Vera. I like this movie. Let's That's see. a good move, Vera. Hey, everyone wins in that one. I mean, you everyone know. does win. Excuse me while I just disappear under this blanket right here. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like down. a Jeffrey. Yeah. Sounds like a Jeffrey image. Just wait, because the minute we're married, bitch, this ain't happening again unless it's your birthday or Jesus's birthday. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> All right, Dylan, give us a story. I do. I, I do. do. Okay, yeah. so Vera, Vera, Katie, you might know this one, but if you don't, um, I went to Wells College uh, in Aurora, New York. It's about 20 minutes from Auburn, 20, 30 minutes. And that place is definitely fucking haunted. Um, oh, yeah. There is a bridge that connects uh, one side of the campus to the residential part of the campus. Um, and on Halloween nights, um, the students, we would all put on a little mock Halloween kind of thing for the kids to come through the school. And they would all knock on our dorms and everything. We'd give out candy. It was really sweet. We really loved, like, you know, doing that for the community and everything. Everyone came out to Wells for trick-or-treating because the students were just – we were all partying, drinking, and getting high in one room, but then some kids would not go and trick-or-treat, and then all these cute little kids, meanwhile, my drunk ass, my drunk high ass, were like, oh, you look great. Like, parents are just like, oh, for God's sake, what are you kids doing? But anyway, <laughs> um, normally on Halloween nights at Wells, I would get hammered and just go to different parties and different dorms and whatnot, but I decided to get involved in the reenactment acting thing that they were doing because I hadn't been a part of it. So I was playing, I can't remember exactly who I was playing the role of, but there is a story about a murder 
um, I believe it was Mrs. Pettibone that was that was murdered by um um uh bu- 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 who was who was she murdered by? Oh no, it doesn't matter. Anyway, there was an affair going on. I believe it was Henry Wells's. I think it was Henry Wells, the founder of the school, and some bitch named Pettibone. Anyway, Henry Wells's wife finds out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, she finds out, and the story goes is that the bridge was where the confrontation happened between the two bitches, and it ended up with Pettibone getting her ass stabbed to death on the bridge, and the legend goes a violent scream was was rang out so loud that the whole town could hear it. However, when they looked to find the body, it was gone. They assumed maybe she was pushed off the bridge or whatever. I don't know. So we are doing the reenactment of the of the murder. And the kids fucking love it. They all just start strolling up. And one of my friends was playing the narrator to escort them across the bridge and everything. And all of a sudden, like, what we do is that these two girls who were playing Pettibone and Wells were arguing essentially walking towards us down the bridge and then there's a moment where one of the girls just starts running because and then she gets chased down stabbed whatnot scares the fuck out of the kids it's great so we have been doing this up until around maybe like 10 11 o'clock at night and we were all starting to get a little hammered because we were all drinking the entire time trying to hide the flask in our outfits and then um we were all pretty much ready to just like finish up the night and go to the next party. So we're all staying there, uh, smoking a blonde, having a one last drink. And we look down across the bridge and there's someone standing there and they're in a, and I remember it clear as day. They were in a peach and white dress with a black hat on and a scarf. And it, it, it looked like they were hanging, like, like leaning on the bridge or something. So we're walking towards it because we're all calling, hey, are you okay? And everything. And all of a sudden I looked down and it was really dark out. There was no lights projecting on the bridge. But I stepped in something. <laughs> and then when I looked down at the end of my boot, there's a small trace of blood just sitting on the bottom of my shoe and i look over at my friends and i'm like yo guys what the fuck is this and what the actual fuck is that who had that period on you they all i don't know that's the first fucking joke i rang out like who's having their period like but then all of a sudden the the figure starts to stop and it's standing upright it's just standing there looking at us and it slowly starts moving towards us and And i tell you right now i have never in my life ever thought i'd be faster than usain bolt but that motherfucker can eat (laughs) your heart out i was gone i was i ran probably i don't even know where i was running to i ran back across the other way off the bridge into a dorm hall was just running 
running and screaming, somebody please help me. I was so fucking freaked out. But then I went to go check my boot again to show someone what we had ran into, and there was nothing there. <laughs> the boot was fine. Ooh. I have never, ever, ever, ever wanted to just, like, I called my mom just because, <laughs> like, Mom, mom why did, did you that. send me here? I was so freaked out. I threw the boot. I threw the boot. I threw the boots away. I threw the boots into this garbage can. My buddy had a lighter. We poured some gas on the damn boots, lit them on fire, and I spent the rest of that night just at a party, sitting in the corner with my friends, and we were all just like not even talking, not even socializing, but just looking at each other like. Oh shit, it just happened to us. That's kind of dope. But I'm also freaked out because I swear I saw red shit on the bottom of my boot. I know I saw red shit on the bottom of my boot. And it was blood. And I think and and, and so I went to an historian and I asked him about it. And he said, Oh, well, this is very interesting. No one's ever mentioned blood before. I'm like, the fuck you mean no one's ever mentioned blood before? Well, I said, yeah, there's a lot of times people have crossed that bridge and they hear the screen or they see the image. But um, maybe you guys mocking her death kind of pissed her off. And I was just like, um, I just want to f- clarify something. I am only 19. I don't have any concept of what exactly you're talking about. But for the remainder of the time that I spent at Wells College... I never walked across that bridge at night. During the day, yeah. But at night, everyone would start walking towards the bridge. I would be like, no, 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 no. I'll cut across the path over here and meet y'all on the other side. I've seen this movie. To this day, even for the reunion, I will not cross that fucking bridge at night. I am not for that. But there are so many great... There are so many great stories of, like, people seeing ghosts all over the fucking place. It is absolutely incredible. If you ever get a chance to meet a Wells College student randomly, just ask them if they've seen a ghost. I guarantee you they will say yes. It is very hard to ask a Wells student if they have seen a ghost. They will not lie to you. there There are creepier stories. That I don't even want to tell because it's just like it's. I, I'm gonna need to go take a shower. So I, <laughs> I, I tell you right now that was that was without doubt one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me, but definitely one of the scariest things um, that's ever happened to me. But it was cool. Oh I was, God. and every time I would like go near the bridge at night, I'd be like, "Yo, oh, we cool, right?" Because I really don't want to walk on that. We're cool, right? <laughs> like, if I ever had to run across, like, if I ever had to go across the bridge at night, my friends would be like, "Dylan, why are you running?" Like, ah, I, I just want to get across the bridge. I, I, I just want to get across the bridge. He has bridge phobia. But yeah, all right, that was that well, was that gonna, was wild. That was crazy. We're gonna take a very quick break for you to watch this video. Enjoy. Ooh. 
Australian director Chris Sun talks to us about his brand new movie, The Possessed. The amazing true story behind the movie and providing a uniquely Australian voice in the world of horror. Join us this week on Uncensored Horror. If you dare. As all of you who watch the show know, I'm a nurse and I have worked in some different places and one of them was a it used to be a nun's convent turned girls boarding school now turned nursing home so i obviously worked there while it was a nursing home but a lot of the stories come from when it was a convent and um boarding school and but these things actually happened while we were working there at the nursing home um one of the biggest ones was uh there was a lot of pe- a lot of residents, a lot of visitors, a lot of people saying there was a little boy always riding around on a tricycle, and or a little blonde boy, and he'd walk into rooms and whatever. And there was one night this resident buzzed, and she said, "Oh, well, it was evening, it was afternoon." She's like, and she was bedridden, so she couldn't get out, but she was still fine here. And she's like, "Look, she's like, where? Who, who's here with that little boy?" And we we're all like, "What little boy?" And she's like there was a little boy in my room we're like no 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 there's no little boy here apparently then he came back to her room and he said are you going to come with me and she's like no 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 i have to stay here and then she and then he was like well then i'll make you come with me turns out that everyone who's seen this little boy has passed away within a few days that resident did pass away not long after that. I think she's the first one who's told us about it that was completely in her right mind because every time we were told about it prior to that, we were just like, meh, meh, meh. Um, There was another incident at the same place where uh, I was on duty, but I wasn't the witness to this. This was um, some of the AIN stuff where one saw another one get into the lift and she was trying to call her to get some help. So then she rang her on the phone. She's like, oh, I just saw you get in the lift, but can you please come and help me? And she's like, I haven't been in the lift. So that was weird. And she swears like there was, and, and we don't know who used that lift that night. Um, but the one that personally I saw with my own eyes was one night I was on night duty. And I thought I'd go out in the balcony of this place because the balcony stretched around the buildings. It's big old, big brill brick building right like it's an old nun's convent and um there's a part of it looks into the chapel and i was just out there on the balcony it was like two in the morning i looked down and there was a nun kneeling in the chapel i'm like no no but as i look closer there was definitely a nun there like i saw it with my own eyes so when i then told other people about this because i felt crazy i was like well is this true like is there everyone's seen the nun you know like no luke like we've we've seen her apparently she'll walk around the building she'll be in the chapel and it's not an uncommon thing and it's still going on to this day at that same place like obviously i don't work there now i work somewhere else but it's one of those experiences where i came away because sometimes you question yourself, like, oh, did I did I trick myself into that? Did I blah, blah, blah. But no, I know I saw the nun. 
definitely saw them up and I have no doubt about it. And, and the fact that we had multiple residents seeing that same little boy and then they would all pass away within a few days of seeing him. I think that's also a story that's, it's kind of chilling. That's how I feel anyway. But, you know, happy Halloween. Our first apartment was haunted. It had a finished attic where we put a bar and partied, and eventually I put my treadmill up there. We would hear running back and forth above us a lot. Then it graduated to a slamming door. There was an unfinished portion of the attic that had a door to it. It had one of those slide locks on it, and the door was so hard to open because of the heat expansion up there that it took a lot of force to open it. Yet, we would hear the entity running from one end of the attic to the other end, then opening the door and slamming it, which I'm not sure how that's possible, but it was a thing. We had friends that would stay over and frequently say they heard it too. I tried to use my treadmill one day. I was like, F it. It's daytime. I felt this thick energy around me and all the hair stood up on my neck and arms. And I didn't get on that treadmill again, nor did I go up there alone. Hi UCR team, this is my spooky story for Halloween. So when I was two and a half, three years old, I had an invisible friend called Fat Nana. Um, she'd do everything with me apparently. So whenever my parents would, you know, help me have a bath or a shower, whatever, I would tell them to get out of the way so Fat Nana could stand there. Uh, when they'd put me to bed, they'd wake up to me laughing hysterically hours later, come in and be like, what's going on? And I would be like, I'm talking to Fat Nana. Fat Nana's so funny. Anyway, we went to my grandparents' house one day and I was never allowed in my grandma's room because she had medication out on her dresser. And by chance, one day my grandma and mum were talking and the door was wide open and I happened to toddle my way in there. And uh, they both turned around uh, when I let out an excited squeal and I had clutched a photo really close to my chest and was kissing it over and over again saying, Fat Nana, Mummy, look, it's Fat Nana, it's Fat Nana. And it turns out the photo was actually a picture of my grandmother's mother. So. Our next story comes from Heidi's mum and proves that not all ghost stories have to be creepy. I came home from work at four in the morning after my mum had passed had a shower and watched TV in bed to relax, but I was still thinking about her. I turned off the TV as by this time it was nearly sunrise and asked quietly, Mum, if you are still earthbound, would you show me by turning the TV on? My dad asked me who I was talking to and I said, Mum. He said, okay. And then boom, the TV came back on in black and white static and went off about 20 seconds later. And back then, the TV in my room had no remote. You had to manually do it and I felt amazing and slept like a log as she was still with me. I don't feel her as much now, which is heartbreaking, but I still talk to her. And now here's some stories from the awesome team at Newcastle Ghost Tours. Okay guys, so one of the scariest things that ever happened to me would have to be one of my very first experiences in the paranormal so i was not yet an investigator or an investigator in training i was just so interested in the paranormal and i did an amazing tour at Parramatta jail with a company called appy now these guys are incredible rate them very very highly and amongst some of my dearest friends so we were in Parramatta jail and i went to walk into a cell and something actually grabbed my foot. Now, it held my foot off 
the ground so that I could not physically pass the threshold in the cell that I was trying to walk into. Now, I was on my own. Um, my dearest friend, now ex-husband, uh, was with me uh, on this tour investigation. Now, when we walked into the building, he went left, I went right. Uh, so we were quite alone. Um, nobody else was in the building. So when my foot was grabbed and it prevented me from putting my foot down, that was the scariest moment in my life. And I hightailed it straight back to Command Central where the rest are like, where the Appy team and the rest of the guests were. And uh, now the lady, the lovely lady, the lovely Pete who owns Appy, she uh, actually asked me how I was and she went, oh my God, are you okay? And I explained what had happened to her and she, she said to me, listen, she's like in 11 minutes, um, you have to walk out those doors and I won't let you back in tonight and you probably need a little bit of closure on this. So, you know, I suggest you go back. So I did. I, um, I, I pulled my shit together, guys, and I, I marched back into that cell and I, I, you know, I marched straight into the center of the room and I stood there and I went, all right, had you finished having your fucking fun with me yet, asshole? And then the most sinister laugh in my ear, um, it was male and it just went, <laughs> in my ear. I tell you guys, I've never run so quickly in my life. It was scary. It was incredible and it actually lit a fire that fuels my love of the paranormal and all things creepy and spooky. So in saying that, guys, I hope you have an absolutely incredible Halloween from me to you. Stay safe. Be good. Bye. All right, so we were at the station in Manly and spent the day investigating around there and we stayed over there tonight. And we went through normal areas during the day, had a look for an interesting character at the front of the shower box that told us we were not allowed to go in there. We both saw it and no one else was around. And then carried on, had a look at the rest of the place and then went back up to their room that we had, had some lunch, decided we'll go down and have a nap. And uh, as things happen, <laughs> we, we, we nap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we um, got towards the end and I went into like a bit of a time slip and we're in a different room, oh, it was the same room but different paint, different people in the room and different vibes of the whole area and then yeah we, we, were, we were having a nap and then um, I saw this, they just said let us, leave us alone stop, I put a bubble around us, just leave us alone for right now if we want to sleep so we can stay awake for tonight and you know, investigate further. And then I, all I just heard was this, ah, yeah, right, and a poke through our bubble that went onto my wife's shoulder and it scared the hell out of her and woke her up. And she jumped and made me jump. Then I told her the story and it just kind of freaked us out for the rest of the day. That's pretty much the end of my story. Okay, love you, bye. Uh, so the house that I'm currently living in, uh, we moved into when I was 16. I had 
uh, I have three sisters, um, and we always had things moving around, pictures being turned around in the bookcases and in just um, entertainment units. One day we came out and the uh, photo was actually flipped backwards inside the frame behind the glass. Uh, one night I was, uh, one day, middle of the day, I was home alone by myself watching one of my favourite haunted TV shows at about 15. And out of nowhere, my mother's brand new crucifix Franklin Mint limited edition plate came flying forward off the front of the bookcase and smashed onto the brand new plush carpet. Um, and I absolutely cracked my pants. I did not know what to do. I think at that point I was more scared of my mum's reaction to process what was going on. But after that, I did not like staying in the house at all by myself for more at all. So that's my story. One night, my sister and I decided to make our own Ouija board out of cardboard and a whiteboard uh, marker. And we went outside of my bedroom and we decided to invite the spirits to come and blow out a candle because they weren't doing anything and it was really boring. So we did that and within probably like 10 seconds later after asking, we heard footsteps like sprinting towards us and then the candle that I was holding blew out. And we all freaked the fuck out and I'm pretty sure I threw the candle, it went fucking everywhere. We like pushed each other through the door to get safe, because safe. And um, we stood there for about five minutes deciding who was going to be game enough to go out and get the uh, candle on the Ouija board. That's my story. So I have a, a little paranormal uh, experience tale to tell. Um, it takes place a few years ago at my parents' house. My sister and I were practicing having a go at our homemade spirit board, which we did pretty regularly, but we still weren't really sure about what exactly we were doing or whether we were doing it right um, or, you know, projecting the right energy, asking for the right energy, etc. So there's one particular night we've been going at it for a couple of hours and the energy was starting to get low and the Ouija board wasn't really responding as much as it was when we first started. And so we started to think of ways we could spice it up because we were still pretty hyped and we weren't really ready to call it quits. So I can't remember what was my idea or my sister's idea, but one of us decided that we should drive the 40 minutes from where we live in Hunter Valley out to Patterson Cemetery where our great grandparents, Ma and Pa, are buried and, and see if we can contact them there. Yep, great idea, let's do it. So we drag our younger brother along with us because for some reason we thought it would be safer to have a boy with us. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we arrive at the cemetery and we realise how dark it is there. There's no lights. The moon wasn't really out. And then we also realised that we hadn't told anyone that we were going there. Nobody knew where we were. Our parents didn't even know that we went home. We, we had just, we'd snuck out with a spirit board to drive out to the country and do a spirit board session at the cemetery. So we sat in the car for a few minutes, realised we were all, all three of us were too scared to get out. So we cracked the window, locked all the doors, decided we were just going to do it in the car because our grandparents' graves were just over there. We were just here. Surely that's enough. We strike a match, light up the candle, start to shift our energy, try and get into like a collective mentality. Um, 
you know, we've got the shot glass and we're moving it around and we're starting to ask questions like, oh, can you show us where your yes is? Can you show us where your no is? The standard procedure. We, out of memory, we just start getting this very strong message of just, it just says leave. It just starts spelling out leave over and over and over again. Um, it starts to get so fast that my brother and I can't keep up with my sister. Pardon the pun, but she is a beast on the spirit board. I've never seen anyone that can do it as quickly and and so powerfully, especially by themselves. She can do a Ouija board or a spirit board without anyone else touching it. It's You have to see it to believe it. Like, it's hard to explain, but she's... Anyway, so she's on there, and she's leave, leave, leave. Um... And we're saying, why should we go? Are we in danger? It starts circling, yes. But of course, that excites us more. And we say, oh, well, we're not leaving. You, you can't scare us. We're not leaving. So then it starts uh, spelling out, go home, go home. We say, no, we're not going anywhere. We just got here. We want to speak to our great grandparents, blah, blah, blah. It starts spinning out of control, flicks the shot glass off the board, smacks it against the back passenger door. And we all shit ourselves. Can I say that? We all pack pack it in, uh, basically. Um, and probably for the best, because we, we also didn't realise how much heat a little flame from a candle can generate. So we're running out of air in there. We're sweating. We're in our bras. Brother's just sitting in his undies. Like, it's probably a good idea for us to leave anyway, really. Um, so my sister gets in the driver's seat, turns the car on. And then realizes she's too scared to drive, turns the car off. She can't do it. So we switch seats. I get in, turn on the engine. And being a horror film fan like I am, I had the thought that when I turn on the headlights, Leatherface was going to be standing at the front of the car and we were all going to be horrifically slaughtered at the cemetery. So I reversed out of the cemetery and drove my way out of there blind in the dark. I don't know how I didn't hit any stones or like horrible situation that we put ourselves in so we drove very slowly home because i also had the theory that if we were going to be possessed or if something was following us to cause us any harm at least if we were going slow we wouldn't be seriously hurt it's just you know precautions before we made it home we somehow collectively thought let's go visit nan like we just had this idea that we needed to see our nana at that point and it was her parents that we were trying to contact so this is about 3 3 30 in the morning now we get to her house knock on the door and almost immediately the door swings open and then standing there in her dressing gown and she looks at us and says you've been to the cemetery haven't you and i shit you not that is 100 percent true we gobsmacked. My jaw was on the floor. My heart was hanging out my mouth. Like, sorry, how did you know that? And she said, Ma told me. So Ma is her mother, who we were trying to contact at the cemetery. So we came inside and she just sort of gave us all a drink and told us how silly the idea of going to the cemetery with a spirit board was and that we shouldn't do it again. That's, that's probably my favourite story of any of the experiences that I've had. And I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I love telling it. Happy Halloween from Uncensored Radio. Thanks for watching and stay spooky.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.